The Incomplete Theft by Ralph Burke. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Dale Grothman. Stealing a new spaceship principle from Earth seemed like an easy enough task for the alien. But how does one deliver a principle? The Incomplete Theft by Ralph Burke. Toiling Kai smiled grimly to himself as he thought of the approaching completion of the new Earth spaceship. Thus far, his disguise had completely fooled the Earthmen. They didn't even begin to suspect that a Valdorian spy was among the engineers who were building the space jumper. High above the space field, it loomed a great sphere of metal that housed the new teleportation drive. Toiling Kai looked up at its impressive bulk. Unlike the common type of spaceship, which had a top speed of 10,000 lights, the new drive would take the ship from Earth to any point in the galaxy in a fraction of a microsecond. If it were successful, Earth could win a war against Valdor in a matter of months. And if not, John Mitchell, the chief engineer of Sahara Spaceport, said, She's a beauty, isn't she, Pete? Toiling Kai, in his disguise as Earthman Pete Blaine, smiled and said, Yes, she's a real beauty. When will she be finished? This afternoon, Mitchell said. The boys are tightening the last bolts and putting in the final wiring now. The job's just about over, Pete. Good thought Toilin. I'll be able to take it tonight. To be able to bring both the spaceship's plans and the ship itself back to Valdor would be a major feat. It would result in a fine promotion. The ship was entirely different from any other vessel ever built. The hyperkinetic generator in its center generated a spherical force field around the ship which projected it to wherever it had been aimed for. It was simple to operate. All the pilot had to do was set up the coordinates of his target, turn on the hyperkinetic generator, and press the activator button. The generator itself did the rest. The field enclosed the ship, and instantaneously the ship was a hundred or a thousand light-years away. That evening, Toilin Kai stepped out of his room and strolled over toward the spaceship, it was surrounded by guards, and it was bathed in the blaze of a battery of searchlights. But that did not bother the Valdorian. Earthmen were such stupid fools. It would be a blessing for them if the Valdorians took them over and showed them how to run their lives more efficiently. On Valdor, everyone had a job, and he did it. He obeyed his superiors without asking questions, and the society, therefore, was efficient. But these Earthmen, such a lax, sloppy, inefficient society. They needed more regimentation, more precision. They needed to learn to obey orders. And they would learn, after the Valdorian victory. Evening, Mr. Mitchell. Good evening, Captain. Nice night, isn't it? Toilin Kai looked around wearily and saw the lean, spare figure of John Mitchell standing some distance away. 
he was talking to a man in a military uniform one of the guards posted on the project the valdorian ducked away he didn't care to be seen not tonight of all nights he walked all around the spaceship studying it carefully from all angles keeping well out of sight of the guards that surrounded it the ship appeared to be ready to go all he had to do was get inside and take off simple very simple toyland kai thought the greatest victories are always simple the ship was supposed to be lifted above the atmosphere on her jets before the hyperkinetic generator was used but the generator could in an emergency be used on the ground toyland kai smiled as far as he was concerned this would be an emergency the earthmen he thought pleasantly would feel very foolish when their greatest ship simply vanished from under their noses after making a thorough reconnaissance of the area the valdorian decided he was ready he switched on a tiny power pack at his waist and the invisibility belt he was wearing was energized if anyone had been watching the shadows where toiling kai was standing they would have seen a faint blue glow as the valdorian faded slowly from sight then boldly the alien strode toward the sky jumper nothing stood in the way of success now he walked directly across the well-lighted safety area and the guards paid not the slightest attention at the airlock door he paused to take stock of the situation he had to move fast now the success of the whole mission depended on timing from here on out at the airlock door he paused to take stock of the situation he had to move fast now the success of the whole mission depended upon timing from here on out the guards naturally would see the airlock door swing open they would know something was wrong it would take them he estimated about four minutes to bring up heavy armament to blast the door open moistening his lips nervously he decided to correct the estimate better make it three minutes for safety's sake he thought in that time he would have to warm up the generator and punch the coordinates for the planet valdor into the big guiding computer doing that would require say two minutes giving him a minute's leeway good he waited until the guards all seemed to be looking away from the airlock door then he pressed the lock the door swung open and toiling kai stepped quickly inside there was a shout from one of the guards below but they were too late to do anything the valdorian had the airlock door closed before they could see what had happened he turned the master switch on the inside of the door which locked the door against any outside interference he grinned sardonically the fool earthmen would have a devil of a time doing anything now the next thing was to switch off his invisibility belt it was difficult to do delicate work if you couldn't see your own arms and fingers and punching coordinates into a computer was a delicate job he turned toward the inner door and at that moment the door opened an earthman stepped out an engineer named harris who had apparently been making some last-minute adjustments on the ship 
Oh, hello, Blaine, Harris said. I... Without a word, the Valdorian leapt forward, taking the Earthmen by surprise. He slammed his fist into Harris's abdomen, and he doubled up in pain. Torlin Kai jumped back as the Earthmen's boot sliced toward him. The toe of the engineer's boot hit him stingingly alongside the jaw, but the Valdorian managed to grasp the foot and twist. Then he bent and picked Harris up, and knocked him down again with a crashing blow to the chin. He left the unconscious Earthman on the floor, locking him inside the airlock. He would be no trouble there. The real trouble was that the fight had delayed his timing. It must have taken all of a minute, and in a split-second operation such as this, an interval of a minute could be fatal. Without wasting any more time, he got moving. His jaw hurt where the Earthman had slugged him, and his fingers felt stiff. He ran down the corridor to the control room. The big automatic computer was ready to go. Troiling Kai switched it on, waiting for a moment, then hastily began punching coordinates into the computer. He had to hurry. The Earthmen might still blast their way into the ship at any moment. Still, he dare not make an error. If he did, the ship might end up a thousand light-years from where it was supposed to materialize, perhaps in the heart of a sun. There was perspiration dripping from his brow by the time he finished. He turned on the hyperkinetic generator and waited for it to warm up. Still, there was no sound from the airlock. A red indicator light on the control panel came on, telling him that the generator was ready. With a triumphant smile, Troiling Cry reached out and pressed the activator stud. Outside the ship, the guards watched the airlock door. I wonder why Dr. Harris did that, said a lieutenant. Who knows, a sergeant replied. They had seen the airlock open and close, but knowing that Harris was still inside, they had thought little of it. Still, it was odd. The airlock door swung open again. Harris stepped out, looking dazed. The lieutenant ran toward him, and quickly the engineer explained what had happened. You mean he's inside there? We've got to stop him. It's too late, Harris said. He didn't know that I was doing some adjustments inside there. Go ahead and look. The lieutenant went to the inner door of the airlock and peered in. The whole inside of the ship was gone, vanished, as though it had never been. I had just made a slight adjustment of the generator, Harris said quietly. The power field was cut down, so the projector field was smaller. I'm afraid our spies simply projected the inside of the spaceship out into the interstellar vacuum and left the hull behind. He shook his head grimly. Poor devil. He'll have quite a surprise in store for him, unless he can live without air. The End of The Incomplete Theft by Ralph Burke